Good morning and welcome to the Men's Leadership Network. Special welcome to all the satellite campuses this morning. Uh, Our guest today is Clarence Risen and we're going to be discussing spiritual leadership. Clarence was born in New Orleans. He became an orphan at the age of eight. He later graduated from Southeastern Louisiana University before going on to UT Knoxville to study law where he graduated in 1994. He then joined Baker Donaldson in Knoxville and later moved to Nashville and now is a partner at Baker Donaldson and practices in the business litigation area. He's been married for 24 years, has six children, three boys, which they adopted a few years ago. Uh, We're going to have a time of uh, discussion with Clarence and then we're going to have some Q&A. You've got a couple different ways if you have questions during that time. We're going to show a little bumper up here, but you can tweet them in. We have a chat option, or they can be emailed in. So with that, please welcome Clarence Risen. Good morning. This is great. And good morning, guys. I'm so excited everybody's here. This is Easter week, so uh, awesome week as we prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ and the celebration of the resurrection. And so this is a great time. And this morning, we're talking about spiritual leadership. And Clarence, this is such a huge topic for men. I think, you know, all of us, God has called us to be spiritual leaders, but for many men, it's, it's a struggle. I mean, for many of us, we think about, maybe I don't know enough about the Bible, or I don't know what to do, or maybe I think about the past, and how can I be the spiritual leader of my home, or how can I be the spiritual leader at work or at church, and, and, and yet leaders lead, right? So there's this call on our lives, and such an important topic for us, and I really appreciate you being here. I mean, God has his hand on you. Um, we've seen that just in your life. Um, you're a successful trial attorney, and you've done a lot of things in, in your profession, but even more, I think you would define yourself just by what God's done through you spiritually. And so Absolutely. just tell us a little bit about yourself as we kind of start this morning. Sure. Um, as mentioned, um, I'm originally from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been um, an unusual background in that I was an orphan. Uh, from the age of eight, so I've got a different perspective on some things, uh, and um, goal-driven, mm-hmm. and so I was a uh, desire to go to law school, and I'm now doing a, the job of my dreams. Mm-hmm. I'm married to the woman of my, my dreams, and that's I've awesome. got uh, six amazing kids. Wow. So that's just a little bit. Yeah. And I'll tell you a little bit more as I go through talking about okay. some of the other things we're going to talk about. You're not used to sitting down, are you? You want to be up talking to a jury? And <laughs> yeah, that's probably the most unusual thing for me is, is sitting down and, and talking. Yeah. But that's okay. We'll make it through. That's great. Yeah. Well, tell us, Clarence, I mean, guys so often, we define ourselves by what we do. You know, and that's kind of who we are. But when we talk about being a spiritual leader, what does that mean to you? How do you kind of define a spiritual leader? You know, I've thought about that. It's a very difficult, it's a difficult question because yeah. it's almost like asking someone, you know, what's a, what, it, what, what does it mean to be a man? <laughs> um, so it's a very difficult question. And the first thing I wanted to do is make sure that I'm on page with reality. Mm. So I checked with my wife, who's my <laughs> best source, and said, you know, I'll talk about what a spiritual leader is, but do you consider me a spiritual leader of our household, and how am I in that, in that regard? Mm-hmm. And she just was, you know, she was overwhelmed with her response and just saying she's really proud of me and that I am. So I can say that I am from checking with my source. <laughs> That's great. Um, but I'll tell you what I view in terms of as a spiritual leader. Um, I think it's, it really all relates to my love for the Lord, mm-hmm. how much I genuinely love the Lord. It's a part of me. Um, to my very DNA Mm. and wanting to please the Lord and live a life that is honoring to the Lord. Mm. And so then I look at 
my love for the Lord and how does that impact the other areas in my life? And there are three, really three things. One, personally, mm-hmm. how does that impact me personally, my love for the Lord? Um, I desire to follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you're going to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. Mm-hmm. And in order to be a good follower, um, especially when we're talking about um, loving the Lord, you can't be a good follower if you don't spend time in God's word mm-hmm. and learning what that means and what he expects of us and how he wants us to live our lives. Mm. So my desire personally is to just glorify the Lord with my life, with everything that I do. Uh, so that's on the personal front. And then I look at being a good leader in terms of from a family perspective. Um, and that becomes how do I handle my household? Um, I take it it's very serious is my responsibility on being a leader in my household, mm. that I'm supposed to, a spiritual leader, that I'm supposed to train up my kids um, so that they love the Lord, so that I produce godly offspring mm. um, and everything. All of our discussions are around the Lord. Everything that we do is, is based upon how the Lord would have us do things. Mm. Um, so that's kind of at my house. I take it serious as scripture when it says in Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. And that's exactly, at one point I had that posted on my door outside of my house uh, in Knoxville, mm-hmm. just to kind of send a message. This is what we stand for and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So that's at my house. Um, and then outside of that, um, it's everywhere else. Mm. So I want people to see the Lord in me mm-hmm. um, so that when they look at me they see the qualities in terms of what God holds out in his word wow. um, so th- those are the things whether that's at work whether it's people that I encounter they see something different about me and I want it to be genuine mm-hmm. so that's to me being a spiritual leader personally um, how it impacts it's my love for the Lord how it impacts me personally mm-hmm. my family and in my workplace and everywhere else that's great how did you come to that? Because, I mean, you said you, you know, you became an orphan at eight. And so, um, but where, who are some great spiritual leaders that you looked up to? Or who are some people who modeled that for you? Growing up, um, you know, sad to say no one. Mm. Um, because I grew up as an orphan. And as an orphan um, in the state of Louisiana, as many states, they want to keep church and state separate. And so, really, we didn't talk about religion. Wow. Um, and, frankly, I never saw it. I didn't see it at all. Um, I'll talk about how it came about to became a spiritual leader, uh, but the people, I didn't really have an example of that until I was much older. Mm. Uh, the people now that I look at as, my, as leaders for me and as examples are really friends, mm-hmm. really good friends. Um, and I've got my former pastor mm-hmm. uh, in Knoxville, really good friend of mine, his name is Al um, Melvin. These are guys that are... Um, really, really deep in the Lord, Mm -hmm. and we talk and share everything. You know, it's funny, years ago, a friend of mine um, told me, challenged me, because I didn't have any really godly men in my life, and he said, you need godly men in your life, and those men now serve as examples for me, Mm -hmm. and hopefully I serve as an example for them, Mm -hmm. Uh, but growing up, I didn't have any. Wow, so how did you become a a follower of Christ? How did you become a, a spiritual leader then? Sure. Um, it's really, it's, you know, it's a story of redemption mm. uh, and what's happened in my life and what Christ has done. So I grew up in an orphanage, so I didn't have the uh, examples. Um, I really didn't have the family that I, you know, wanted, that I came to want. 
um, what I really had is just kind of looking at, okay, what are you going to do with your life and how are you going to do it? So I was very, if there was one word that described me mm. was determined, mm. um, but it was determined to be successful um, and it was determined to have a family one day. Mm. Uh, and so that started me on my journey. I went to law school, college, law school, met my wife, Antoinette, when I was an undergraduate um, and we got married and I thought, okay. I'm there. I'm, I'm married and um, graduated from law school, and I've got a good job. I had no idea what a spiritual leader was. Wow. Um, it was really just to me. I thought my job was to be a provider. That was it. Now, we went to church because, well, that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. You kind of go through the box and you check the box. Um, I look at how I was then and how I am now. I didn't worship the Lord. Mm. I attended church. I stood up when everybody else was supposed to stand up and I sat down and I just kind of went through the motions. Mm. Um, and, but I was very successful in my career. I accomplished all the goals and I thought that's what it means to be a man, mm. right? I mean, we accomplish our goals. We take care of our family we bring money in and put food on the table. All the boxes are checked. Mm. Uh, and I was wrong. I accomplished all my goals. I wanted to be uh, an attorney, a partner. So all of that was accomplished. And then I had a point in my life um, where Antoinette and I, we were really kind of struggling in our marriage. We struggled with having our second child. Um, and we really started kind of becoming a little distant. I was so focused on my career mm-hmm. and being a success uh, and really found myself in a place where we really didn't didn't have much in common anymore. Um, but that was okay because I was, I was a success and I was a good dad mm. in my mind, in my eyes. Um, and um, we winded up going through a really terrible time and, and I committed adultery in our marriage, mm. um, which really was just kind of one of those things that almost just totally ended our marriage. Um, and frankly, it would have been fine with me because I was pretty unhappy and Antoinette was pretty unhappy. So here we are, um, not only that, when I committed adultery, I actually had a, um, a child, we had struggled for years on having a second child. Infertility, went to clinics and so forth. Um, and the woman I had the adulterous uh, affair with, um, she was pregnant, found out she was pregnant. Wow. Uh, and God was trying to get my attention, but I'm pretty stubborn. Mm. So I found out on Friday that the woman I had an affair with was pregnant. Uh, Antoinette found out, believe it or not, on that same weekend on Sunday that she was pregnant um, with a child that we had been struggling to have. But I'm still pretty stubborn. And so that didn't really do it for me on God catching my attention on really becoming a follower. Um, And so we struggled on for a couple of years. uh, And um, our marriage was, it was just kind of, we were walking, but it was dead. Mm. Um, Antoinette later told me that she actually, this really, I think, kind of, symbolizes where we were. Um, She said she would pray while I was asleep that I would die Mm -hmm. in my sleep Um, or on a plane or anywhere because she was so miserable. My daughter, uh, who's now 21, my oldest daughter, I remember her telling my wife, she said, I never want to be married. Mm -hmm. I I never want to get married. Um, And so that's where we were. Um, We then, we were separated um, and we were, we were about this close from a divorce. She was contacting a divorce attorney, um, and I decided, um, really decided, I had my own apartment, a friend of mine from work, 
um, he was a strong believer in Knoxville. And he invited me to his wedding. And I thought, well, I mean, I've got to go. It's a guy that I work with, not expecting anything to happen. I went to his wedding, and he and his wife, they desired to have everything about their wedding centered around the Lord. Mm. And as I sat there listening to them and listening to the preacher talk and talking about what it means to love your wife, what it means to be a believer, what it means to honor your wife, I sat there and I thought, I didn't do that. Mm. I didn't do that. I don't even understand that one. And I thought, I could not wait to leave that wedding, Jeff. Uh I left the wedding and um, I realized at that point, I had accomplished all these goals. Um, I started getting the money that I wanted to have because I thought, well, that's what you do to get happy. Um, And I realized I had all of that, but I had nothing. It was empty. It's like when Solomon mm-hmm. talks about, you know, talks about in Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. it's all meaningless. Yeah. It was meaningless. And I realized it was. I went back to my apartment um, and fell on my knees. Wow. And I literally just began crying and just said, God, I think I've missed a boat. And um, my wife, my marriage is about over. I don't even know if that can be saved. I don't know what it means to be a believer. But... I want to. I need help because my life is a wreck. Mm. And, um, and I surrendered my life to the Lord. Wow. So that's how I became a believer, and that's my testimony. And then I started on this journey. It's mm. <laughs> amazing, Clarence. I mean, just God's redemption and God's grace in your life. And um, what does it look like now? I mean, because it would be easy to say, well, I blew it. You know, how can I be a spiritual leader now? But what does it look like in your home as you talk about being a spiritual leader there with your family? Well, that was in, when I gave my life to the Lord, that was in 2004. Mm. So it feels like an eternity ago. It was only, you know, almost 10, 11 years ago. Um, And it's amazing on how things have changed. Mm. Um, Everything, I began to thirst after God's word, Mm. um, to really learn, to understand what does it mean? And it impacted me and just hit me. You know, what does it mean to be a spiritual leader? First, to seek after the Lord with all my heart. Mm. I love the Lord with all my heart. But then I, I pray every day. And I, I have honest discussions with the Lord. I said, God, I love you. You know how much you mean to me. Help me to love you more. Mm. Help me to live my life for you. And I started on that journey. Um, Antoinette and I talked. We went to church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard God's word preached so mm. clearly. And I thought, I just want to desire the Lord. So I set out at that point to start spending time daily Mm. with the Lord. And I do, Mm -hmm. every day. Mm. Um, And it's not a scripture. I mean, I Mm. dig into God's word. Mm -hmm. And then I try to let God's word, I try to apply my life to it and say, okay, God, look and examine my life and show me what I need to change on a daily basis. Mm. So that was my start. But then within my house, um, on how that's impacted within my house, um, my personality started to change. Whereas before I was rough and aggressive in terms of with Antoinette and my tone and all of that began to change. Um, we began to pray together. Mm-hmm. Um, we began to spend time in God's word together. Um, and my relationship with her changed and my relationship with my daughter changed mm-hmm. and all of my kids. Um, so that's how, and then, and then at work. And people started noticing a difference with me at work. So that's how things have changed in terms of within my life yeah. um, and in my house. 
I have, you know, talk about a story of redemption. Uh, I wanted to share this. So I've got my daughter who at the time um, was, you know, 10, 12. Frankly, it was pretty hard when you look back in terms of the life that she had and examples she had. Um, but then I look at where she is now and where my life is now and where my household is now. Mm. And week before last was my birthday, mm-hmm. uh, my 47th birthday. And my daughter gave me, she didn't know I was going to be doing this. She just gave me a, a journal to start journaling in. And this is what she wrote, my 21-year-old daughter wrote in a journal. She said, for the best example of a man living a Christ-centered life, your devotion and passion for the Lord spills on to everyone you encounter. Thank you for being a teacher, advisor, support system, and loving leader. Love forever yours, Brittany. And then she wrote a scripture on the bottom of it. Um, she said, uh, it's 1 Timothy 16:11. but as for you, O man of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Wow. Um, and that's from my 21-year-old daughter. So if you look at, I want not just what people outside, I want people to see, but it's really, it's not what I say. Mm-hmm. It's how I live my life. It's how my kids impact it. Mm-hmm. That's the test for me. Wow. And for my wife to say, to go from a point of telling me a long time ago when we were going through our trouble, she said, Clarence, you are a wonderful provider but you're not a good husband. <laughs> That's a very hard thing. And when she said that, I didn't understand what she was talking about because I thought, well, I'm a provider. That must mean I'm a good husband. For my wife to then feel, those were her true feelings then, to tell me now how much she loves me, mm-hmm. that I've earned her trust and her respect, and how much she calls me, she calls me captain. <laughs> she says that I'm the, I'm the captain of our house, that I lead our house, and I take that so serious. Yeah. Um, and so that's the test for me. And that's the difference from what God has done with my life and my family um, to where he brings, where he's brought me now. Um, you know, people will talk about, I, you've seen, I, I, I love worshiping the Lord, which is so different than how I used to be as I sat there and just stood up and sat down. Um, but I love worshiping the Lord mm-hmm. um, because he's worthy, because of what he's done in my life. Yeah. It's, genu- it's an outpouring every Sunday of what he's done in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love him. Yeah. So that's the difference. Wow. Oh, oh, Clarence, what I love about that is, you know, I mean, and for so many guys, it's all about, you know, success and money and, and, and God's blessed in so many ways. But, but when we forget about our home and this call to be a spiritual leader, we miss it, you know, and this, we forget about our wife or our children. And, you know, this is worth more than (laughs) anything else, right? You know, as you just see the impact that you're having, um, and not only on her, but on her future and the children she'll have one day and, um, just that, that kind of impact. So as you think about being a spiritual leader, uh, you talk about being a spiritual leader at home, but also at work. What, what does that mean to be a spiritual leader at work? You know, again, it's uh, consistency. Mm. Consistency is the name of the game. Yeah. It is not, um, it is not what, I, what I say. Yeah. It is how I live my life, mm. not just at home, yeah. um, which clearly is important, but outside. Mm. So that when people look at me, they see Christ in my life. My, mm. my life should be to honor the Lord mm. in everything that I do. Um, and then my desire then is for people to see that at work as well. Um, it, and let me just say this, it impacts 
the music I listen to, mm-hmm. the movies that I watch, the people that are my friends, mm-hmm. and, and what I do. Um, and it, it impacts at work. Um, my favorite story actually relates to this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, several years ago, and it relates to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, several years ago, um, probably five, six years ago, I, I, have a, I love my job and I have a lot of flexibility. So um, I can kind of make my own schedule as long as I get done the things I need to get done for my clients. Um, so Good Friday, it's really optional as to whether I go into work. My office is not closed. But I decided several years ago, I was on my way in, into work mm-hmm. on Good Friday. And I was driving in, and it's just this nagging, nagging thing in me going, why are you doing this? What's really important? And there's nothing wrong if you have, if you have to work mm-hmm. on Good Friday. But I had the option. But I was almost, so I was on my way to work. So I go to work with this nagging feeling early in the morning. And I decided as I was there, I mean, within a half an hour, I thought, this is an important weekend for me as a believer. Mm. You know, this is the, the Lord died and was resurrected during this weekend. What are you doing at work? You should be home, spending time with your family, spending time in God's word. So I packed up my stuff and I left. I went home. Um, and I spent time reading through the Gospels mm-hmm. about, you know, with Christ dying in the final days of his life and in his resurrection. So I come back to work, and this is just something I decided to do. I come back to work on that Monday, and a guy looked at me, one of the guys, a, a younger guy, an associate, and he said, um, Clarence, you weren't here on Friday. Why not? And I said, I really thought that I needed to be at home and spending time and honoring that day. As Good Friday is a great day. And he said, you know, I was watching to see if you were going to be here or not. He's, and he, this guy, he wasn't a follower of the Lord. Mm. He said, I was watching to see what that really meant to you. And he said, and I was really surprised, but pleasantly surprised you weren't here. So I went to church on Sunday. I hadn't been to church in five years. The guy now is a believer. <laughs> is a believer. And, I, and it wasn't just because of that. But it's just an example. People watch us. They want to see, is it real? Is it genuine? Mm -hmm. On what we say and how we live our lives. And he knows there are things that it determines what I do in my life. Um, I'm fine if I don't get the position or acknowledgement on something as long as we work, as long as people see the Lord in my life and how I live my life. Mm. And I use it as an opportunity to mentor to the associates that I work with. Um, you know, that's always a fine line, but I can always work in and tell them, you know, this is what the Lord means to me. Keep, I keep a Bible in my office, so if we really get into a deep discussion, I reach into my drawer and pull it out and say, here you go. That's what it means to me. Yeah. I love that. Um, my mic is slipping off. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> um, uh, you know, let me say this in terms of also outside yeah. and how I live my life. You know this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... Um, I take my, my job as spiritual leader very, very important. Mm. Uh, it's even important when we look for a church. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a little bit strange, but uh, Jeff knows this. Mm-hmm. When um, we were considering coming to Rolling Hills, mm-hmm. one of the most important things to me is if I'm going to lead my family, mm-hmm. I want to be deep in my word, mm-hmm. but I want to be a part of mm-hmm. a church that is genuine about the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I contacted mm-hmm. Jeff. <laughs> And I said, I'd like to meet with you, as I did with several pastors on churches that we visited. Mm -hmm. And I had several questions laid out. 
Yeah, you had a whole thing. I did. I did. (laughs) Uh, And we went through those because I want to make sure, and obviously all the things were checked because we attend here, but I wanted to make sure that this is a church Mm -hmm. and that you're a man Mm -hmm. that serves the Lord and genuinely serves the Lord because I'm going to, this is what I'm going to expose my family to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I take it for every part of my life, work, home, everything. Yeah. I love that. Clarence, I'm so glad you're here too. And just, uh, example that you are. What are some pitfalls out there for spiritual leaders? What are some things that you would encourage us as you see just some challenges for being a spiritual leader? Sure. I, um, I think as men, one of the big things is um, spending time yeah. in God's word. Um, there are so many men, and I was certainly one of them, that, you know, you think going to church on Sunday, check that box. Yeah. It's going through the motions. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, saying I'm a Christian, uh, but if you're a Christian, that means that you're a Christ follower. If you're a Christ follower, spend time in God's word to mm. understand what that means to be a Christ follower. Mm. So that's, that's one part of it. But then the other part I would say for men that's a pitfall is trying to do it on their own. Wow. I was one of those men that just thought, you know, I've got my own little baggage and my own little garbage, and I want to keep that to myself because I want everybody else to think I've got it all together. Mm. When I, I don't. We're all just a big mess, and our goal is to allow Christ to, to fix us and to work us into where he wants us to be. Don't try to do that on your own. Mm. I, have, I have godly men that are in my life yeah. um, that I use as examples. I have accountability partners. Mm. I have a guy that I meet with every week, mm-hmm. and we talk. There's, everything is on the table. Mm. We talk about everything. I had an accountability partner in Knoxville. I have one here in, in Nashville. And then I have other men. Um, but we meet on a weekly basis. Everything is on the table. Mm. We can ask each other at any time, what are you reading in God's word? What are you studying? Mm. How's your thought life? Mm. Um, what's going on? How are things going with you and Antoinette, you and the kids? We don't talk about sports. Mm. We don't talk about those. We, think, we talk about things of the Lord that are going to help us. So my advice is in the pitfall, don't try to do this on your own. We're right. never meant to do it on our no. own. That's, that's huge. So think, those are the two yeah. things. Yeah. And I think those are big things for men, you know, because we're independent. We want to do it. We want to charge ahead. And, um, and in the process, we don't have people around us when times get tough or challenging or even just to say, hey, how's your thought life? That's a huge one right there. And our pride gets in the way. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. we don't want people to know right. that we have issues. Mm. And that's the whole point on accountability. So don't try to do it on your own. Mm. Um, but as I said, the guys that are accountability men in my life, which is so different because as I said before, I didn't have that. Yeah. I've got five, six guys now mm. um, that I can talk to and we look at each other eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And we talk and we're genuine about it. Mm. And we challenge one another. Yeah. Tell me this, Clarence. I mean, you are, um, I love Antoinette. She's an amazing woman and you guys are great parents. How does that manifest itself being a spiritual leader as the dad with your kids? What is, what is some things that you really um, want to pour into them or some things that you've seen out of that? Sure. Everything that we talk about, mm. again, is in the context of the Lord. Mm. Um, I try to have discussions with my kids um, as we're going through issues and we're talking about things. If people are bullying them or kid, bullying them at school, mm-hmm. and I've got some examples that I, I want to give you on, on some things. I've had some difficult discussions. Um, my daughter now is uh, 21 years old, um, and she was dating this. She's dating this guy, and 
um, a few years ago, we had to have a discussion about sex mm-hmm. um, and her contact with a the guy. They were not engaging in sex, but it was more than that. It's just the kissing mm-hmm. and what are you guys going to do? So she's in college. So I decided, my wife and I talked to her and I was a little bit concerned about where things were going. Um, so I said, you know what, we're coming, to, we're coming to Knoxville. We drove back to Knoxville. We had basically a meeting with my wife, with Antoinette and I, and the guy she's dating and my daughter. And it really surprised him because I think my daughter was so on guard and she was ready to, to challenge us when we start talking about, you know, sex. And, and again, she was on board with that, but even the kissing and the physical contact. Um, and so what I did is I pulled out my Bible and there's a, a scripture, it's in Romans 12:1. It talks about offering our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Mm. So imagine if we're sitting there and we open up God's word. And I said, so this is what God's word says. What does this mean to you guys? And it caught both of them off guard. And we really kind of talked through that about what it means in conducting ourselves and living ourselves as living sacrifices for the Lord, holy and pleasing to God. And um, it changed the whole discussion. You know, they both left there, particularly the guy she was dating. And he said, you know what? We are the whole physical contact and everything on that. That's going to end Mm -hmm. on that because we want to honor the Lord Mm -hmm. and how we live our lives. So that's one example um, with her on what we do that. But also, um, more recently, and I don't want to, I want to be mindful of our time Mm -hmm. um, to talk about the young man that she's... she's Yeah, tell us about that. Okay. So my my daughter now is is dating a young man, and um, she's been dating him for about three years. I hope Antoinette does not watch this, (laughs) because I'm going to tell you something she doesn't know. Last, uh, two weeks ago, when I was in Knoxville, um, he asked me for my permission to marry my daughter, for my blessing to marry mm-hmm. my daughter. He knows. I told him, I said, let, let, me, let me say this. First of all, you know, I said, the most important thing to me <laughs> is that you love the Lord with all your heart. And then second, that you love my daughter. Now, let's, make, let's talk about what that means. I opened up my Bible. And we opened up to Ephesians 5, mm-hmm. where it talks about that we are to love our, our wives as Christ loved the church, mm-hmm. presenting them wholly um, to the Lord, um, and how much we are to care for them. And I walked through that scripture, which wasn't the first time we've gone through this and ta- talking about things. You know, and I ended it, Jeff, by saying, if you're, if you're willing to do that, if you're able to do this, because you're going to be not just leading the household leading my daughter, you're going to be leading that household, you're going to be leading my grandkids. Yeah. Um, and, and I want them to be kids that thirst after the Lord. Mm. If you're willing to do all these things and be this type of spiritual leader, then you've got my blessing to marry my daughter. Wow. And, um, and he's 21, but he loves the Lord. Mm. And it's just, it's so neat. Um, but that's what it means to me. And that's what it means in terms of with my kids, with my younger kids, and then with my kids that are are older as well. I love that you were intentional about that. You know, so often it's like, you know, people just go, sure, or what, you know, but you were intentional to take that opportunity to speak into that young man's life, to speak into your daughter and say, I care about you. And this is what I want for you and for your marriage and for our children, grandchildren, you know. So you're leaving a legacy there, Clarence. That's just impacting. And um, thank you for doing that. I think so often, you know, guys, we, 
We feel like it, it, I don't have the moral authority to speak or I don't have, you know, I don't, I don't know enough, right? Or my wife knows more about the Bible or whatever. And so, so, you know, we're good at, you know, hunting or fishing or sports where we can control it. But when it gets into this area of spiritual leadership, a lot of times we kind of step back and we let either our wife step in or, you know, we go through the motions like you were saying. And I think what God's calling us to do and what, I, what you have just so challenged us to is to step in, you know, leaders lead and to take that initiative and none of us are perfect, right? You know, but that, right. that, that call to be the leaders that God's created us to be. So if you were two takeaways that you would want us to know about spiritual leadership, if there were a couple of things for us to, to kind of hold on to, what would, what would those, what would those be? You know, I think the first thing on it is the spending time in God's word. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, how can you be a leader if you're not a good follower? Mm. And if you're going to be a spiritual leader, it's about following Christ. Mm. So spend time in his word. Um, make it a daily part of your life. You know, you, we, do, we make times to do, to do things that, we really, that really matter to us. Mm. So spend time in God's word. Be passionate about the Lord. Passionate um, about living your life for the Lord. You know, those were my, my two things. Because if, if you do those things... I promise they will impact every part of your life. Wow. Um, that's what it's really about. It'll, you'll then have a thirst and a desire to live your life for the Lord. Mm-hmm. It'll impact your family. It'll impact work. It'll impact everything that you do. Wow. So spend time in God's word and then really have a thirst. Don't go through the motions. Mm-hmm. Have a thirst and be passionate about the Lord. Those are my big takeaways. Yeah. Uh, because I think if you do those things, it takes care of everything else. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. You want to take? We've got a couple of questions that have come in, Clarence. The, uh, the first one here is, what do you do when you hit a dry spell and you don't feel like you're growing as a leader? Um, again, that's, well, that's a, a great question. I've certainly had those times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's, I think, one of them is having those men in your life yeah. where you can kind of talk through it. It's not all going to be, you know, the whole process of sanctification. Mm-hmm. It's about constantly growing. Being mm-hmm. sanctified is growing closer to the Lord. And um, it's, it's a, a process that looks more like this, which is okay, as long as it's an upward trend on mm-hmm. doing it. There are going to be those pitfalls, and some of those pitfalls are those dry spells that we have. Mm-hmm. You pray through it. You keep going through it. You ask the Lord to help you as you're going through it, and then you ask men to hold you accountable for it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. We just persevere. Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think those dry spells come for everybody, you know, and... Um, and just, just recognizing that, you know, that, that God is faithful. Um, it's not always just one giant spiritual experience to the next. It's that faithful step day in and day out. Like you were saying, you know, you read the word each day. You stay in the word each day. You know, you keep your heart in worship, you know, in church and community. It, it, that's where you see the growth that starts to take place in your life. You know, it's that consistency. Yeah. And if, if you're not challenged, you know, that's another thing that will help you through the, through the dry spell being challenged. Yeah. And that is challenging yourself. Again, you know, I've sent you so many emails yeah. questioning and the different things uh, in terms of, okay, what do we believe on this? Where mm-hmm. are we going on this? Because again, I want to be challenged mm-hmm. by God's word mm-hmm. with my life and everything that I do in my life. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how I work through the dry spells. Yeah. And, and I love what you're saying too, that you, you don't grow stale in your um, relationship with your family. You know, you're, you're constantly looking for how can I disciple my kids? How can I challenge my kids? How can I love my wife and respect my wife? And, and that, you know, that's not just a, hey, I did that one time this week and now I'm moving on, you know, <laughs> check that box. You know, it's a constant 
um, you know, praying with your kids before bed or praying, you know, at meals and, and just some simple ways that, that become a part of that routine that keeps you growing and keeps you alive in that relationship. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Clarence, um, you talked a lot about having an accountability partner, other men in your life. This question is kind of towards that. How do you find and cultivate, cultivate friendships with godly men if making friends is difficult? Um, I think one of them is small groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at Rolling Hills, there, mm-hmm. there are small groups that we have. Be a, come a, be a, be a part of a small group. Yeah. Um, join a small group. That's a step. Um, the, first, the next step on that is actually um, finding men within a small group or within the church. And just being vulnerable. Mm. Usually if you let your guards down and share about yourself, people will feel comfortable to do the same. And then ask somebody to go to lunch. If there are men that you think that are godly men that love the Lord, ask them to go to lunch. And then during that lunch, just be honest Mm. and share and talk. Not about football, because men love to talk about sports and those things that um, really aren't life-changing things. Mm But be honest, be honest and vulnerable about what's going on with you. you you'll find that there'll be men that you'll wind up having a relationship and you can grow with. Mm. And then, um, you know, from there, you can do Bible studies and so forth on it. But those are great things. But become a, a part of a small group. Mm-hmm. That's what I found. And that's how I found my friends mm-hmm. that are really godly men. Yeah. Um, and some of those, I didn't feel equipped in the beginning. To you know that I could have or that I was maybe on their level spiritually, but that's okay because I'm not supposed to be challenging. The Bible talks about iron sharpening iron, mm-hmm. um, and so they're to help me while I help them, and then we continue to grow. And I wasn't always a spiritual leader in my household, by the way. Antoinette was at one point, mm-hmm. um, but now I am. So it's all about growing mm-hmm. and taking that process gradually, and those relationships will grow over time as well. Mm. I think you're exactly right. It's taking initiative. You know, I love that. Uh, so often we kind of step back, but taking that initiative to be in a small group, taking that initiative to call a guy, and, you know, you were telling me about having lunch uh, with a guy last week, and just the, the impact of that as he was asking questions about being a spiritual leader. I love that he took the initiative to call you, you yeah. know? Um, I remember we were at lunch at O'Charlie's one day and we sat there for an hour and a half just laughing, but just the encouragement that came as we, as we dialogue there. And, and we need that in our lives. But guys, so often, you know, you sit back versus take the initiative. You know, there's amazing people around you and, and we're all fighting a battle. You know, and there's no guy that's perfect. And so talk about that, you know, even ask other guys, you know, what do you do with your kids? How do you pray with your family. Maybe I have a hard time praying with my spouse. How do you do that? And, and I think that is huge. That's important. So I love that you said that. Yeah. And I think, and I've had those discussions. I mean, there is nothing that is off the table for mm-hmm. the guys that are accountability partners for me. Mm-hmm. We talk about every single thing, mm-hmm. um, including prayer. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy of mine a couple of weeks ago. He's like, tell me about when you spend your time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? And we talked through that. But I may come to him one week and say, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. Mm-hmm. I thought life's really been kind of a wreck lately. Pray for me and hold me accountable on that. Mm-hmm. Those are the things. And those friendships deepen over time as you do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They do. Yeah. It's strong. We have time for one more or not? Yeah, maybe real quick here. Uh, the allure of success can lead you down a difficult, ro- difficult road with misplaced priorities. What are other common distractions from spiritual leadership? Um, I think... For me, um, 
sexual temptation. Mm. Um, that's, you know, I'm just being honest, that's one of the things I think can distract us from it. Mm. Um, I, don't have, I don't have female friends mm. because I don't want, again, people are looking at me as to how I live my life, but I also don't want to mess up and go down the wrong road. So um, if I do have female friends, I'm friends with their husbands as well, and we all do things together as couples um, because I want to keep it, uh, my life as a God-honoring life. And I think for a lot of men, um, that's a challenge, mm-hmm. and it can sneak up on you. Uh, so that's one of the big challenges on it. Um, I think that's one of the, the big pit, pitfalls on it as being a spiritual leader for, for men. Mm-hmm. We're very visual, um, so being mindful of that, uh, again, on what we watch, um, what we listen to, um, those are also pitfalls on things that, that can impact you as a spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. And it's a downfall of a lot of men. I mean, you look at oh, yeah. David and yeah. Bathsheba. It's a downfall. It can happen. Don't think that it can't happen to you. It can happen to any one of us. And yeah. I think as men, we need to be mindful of that. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's huge. You know, I mean, I think protecting what you see. You talked about the movies you watch or the uh, music you listen to, but even the relationships that you have. I mean, that, right. that is so important, you know, and then also the allure of success. I mean, yes. you know, that, that question, I mean, you talked about being so driven and, and so many guys are, I mean, we're driven and, and we want to do well, but that can become our God sometimes too. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, and I never want that to happen. And it did, yeah. it did happen with mm. me where being successful one and just kind of keeping things in perspective. Again, though, if you spend time daily in God's word, mm. you know, I'm convinced we're not doing this alone. The Holy spirit lives within us mm-hmm. as believers. And God will convict us and God will talk to us and let us know what we're doing as, and being obedient to him. But you've got to spend that time. Mm-hmm. I, there's a, you've heard this expression, our love relationship with the Lord is limited only by the amount of time that we spend with him. Mm-hmm. And if we spend that time with him, I'm convinced and I know in my life, he'll change your life. Mm-hmm. And he'll keep your priorities straight, whether that's at work and those goals that you have at work or at home or every, every aspect of your yeah. life. And so often we think, well, I don't have the time, but we all do. We all have the same amount of time. It's just really priorities. I mean, here you are, a successful trial lawyer, you know, and you have all these things going on, and that's a priority for you, you know? So it, it's not, a, you know, it is time, but it's priorities too, you know? That's, I get up at four o'clock in the morning, yeah. and the first thing I'm going to do is I spend time with the Lord. Yeah. Everybody's asleep. There's no distractions, and I'm fresh, and the Lord has my best. Mm. And those are things that, because I want what I read and my, dull, my lull times within my day to think about what I read about this morning. Mm. Um, and so you make the time. Yeah. We make the time to do the things that are important to us. Clarence, I just want to say thank you. I mean, I really, I mean, you, um, you were honest and uh, you just shared with us and were vulnerable and told us about um, some challenges in the past. But I tell you, it's been an encouragement to me and I pray an encouragement to everybody um, just what God's doing in your life, the way he's using you and God's plan of redemption and that journal from your daughter. I mean, that's yeah. so powerful. And so um, thank you for, for, for being here, for speaking truth and, uh, and for really just opening your life and what God's doing in your life. So, thank you. Thank yeah, you for giving me the opportunity. I really appreciate it. I want to pray for us. And then Thomas, I know you've got a couple of closing things. Can I pray together? Sure. Father, thank you for Clarence and God, just the man that he is. Um, Thank you, Father, for your grace and your redemption. Father, for Antoinette, God, for saving their marriage, um, for doing a miracle there, God. I thank you for Clarence as a dad and for his kids. And I pray, God, that he would continue to 
to do great things for your name and your glory. I pray for all of us, God, as men, you've called us to be spiritual leaders. And and Lord, we admit sometimes it's so hard and difficult. And yet, God, that is the call of our lives. And so I pray that we would lead well. We would lead in our homes. We'd lead in our workplaces. We would lead in your church. And God, that we would model Christ, that we would have a love for the Lord and a passion for the Lord, Father. And and not trying to be perfect, just trying to be real and trying to be the men that you've called us to be. So thanks for this morning, God, and for your truth. We love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Great. Join us next week. Uh, We're going to continue on with this topic. We're going to be talking about a healthy work-life balance. Uh, Marty Dickens is going to be with us. Marty is the current chair of the board at Belmont University. He's a past president of AT&T Tennessee. Uh, serves on the board of Genesco, the board of Blue Cross Blue Shield, the board of Avenue Bank, and, uh, and many, many more. He's very involved in the community, and he's going to be a great uh, guest of ours to have that discussion. So breakfast at 6.30. We'll get going at 7. Please join us.